Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm Clarissa Christensen and in this podcast we know that menopause and midlife aren't all fun and games. But this is the podcast where I and my guests guide you and support you. Lots of our issues arise at this time of life because they're subjects that we want to brush under the carpet. Bringing these conversations into the light, we can help you prepare for midlife and menopause changes, get supported with symptoms as they arise, with life issues in our relationships, with our kids, our finances, our careers. Prepare to join us every single week and we are looking forward to thriving through menopause and getting you set up and ready to make the most of the next chapter of your life. Well, welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. And today I have a wonderful guest who's joining me from Sweden. So we're both in Sweden. That's quite unusual. And we're going to be talking about a holistic approach to menopause, which is very close to my heart. And I know it's very close to my guests as well. So welcome to the show, Dr. Julie Mertke. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'm delighted. You're actually a medical doctor by training, aren't you? Yes, I am a medical doctor by training. But you've decided to take a much more holistic approach to your work. Tell me a little bit about that journey. What prompted you to go down that route? Um, yeah, thank you. I would love to. It's been a, a very interesting journey. Um, and um, I still do practice medicine as well. I work in the pain clinic in Copenhagen uh, a couple of times a month. Uh, it's called Clinic Hostel. And there we prescribe medicinal cannabis as well. Um, but but I must say that the majority of my time is spent working more holistically and uh, also working um, a lot with mental health and so so all this started um, when I was just out of medical school and um, and I was uh, just thrown into um, the the usual residency uh, working in hospitals and I must admit that it was a pretty stressful period like first of all you're a completely new green doctor and you you're suddenly standing there at like six o'clock in the morning and, you know, people with broken arms and legs. And, and, and I, I, I kind of got the, the feeling that I didn't really feel that I fitted into the conventional system. Um, and then I worked as a GP for a while and that really um, made it very clear for me that I wanted to acquire more skills to be able to help people in different ways um, because I, uh, as a GP, met lots of people with mental health problems, stress and anxiety, uh, burnout, um, menopause symptoms, um, a lot of these uh, symptoms that that I, I actually didn't have that many tools in my toolbox. Um, so I, I I just slowly um, like started on this journey to 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 get more. Uh, knowledge and more skills to to help people in a more holistic way um so first it started with mindfulness and i was uh, quite amazed by 
all the science that already was there, like all the clinic, like all the clinical trials, or like at least studies that you could see how much it benefited, and it was the same as, for example, for chronic pain or um, for for some like depression, it, it can be as good as medicine. And I was like um, really realizing that it would be. Um, a good idea to to know how these things work to be able to offer that to patients um so so then uh, after that i just it was kind of just like a little snowball that started rolling and i got really interested in plant medicine and especially cannabis medicine and so i specialized in cbd and medicinal cannabis and i yeah that was sort of like where where it all began and and uh, yeah I, I'm a little bit of a multi faceted um, person I also do retreats at my farm in Sweden where I am now so stress retreats yoga retreats and yeah all the, all those things that makes you feel better <laughs> <laughs> that's so wonderful and of course you and I met through a mutual uh, friend who's also taking a very holistic approach, who's been on the show, and that was Rebecca Brown and her work in Empowder. But, but one of the areas we obviously talked about and connected over was this holistic approach to menopause. Why do you feel that that is the way to go when we see a world that's often pushing towards HRT and a very medicinal approach uh, that's quite different to the biopsychosocial um, approach. Um, yeah, I think that's a great question, really. And I think that, of course, uh, the pharmacological uh, approach is also very important for many people. But I just think that you need to start holistically. And so, if you if that's your starting point, so. That then you can always move into the more you know heavy armory later on, but um, the thing is that for menopause symptoms, for most mental health symptoms in general, um, uh, it, it is um, in, like it's so important that you uh, look at this whole biopsychosocial. Um, uh, sort of like you know every single patient what, what is their initial standpoint where are they and so if you don't sleep well if you if you don't get enough sleep it's going to exacerbate your symptoms if you eat really crappy you're gonna like your mood is going to go up and down and your blood sugar will be, be going up and down and you will feel um like fatigued and tired and and it would really be um, making all the symptoms that you're battling with anyway way worse. So if you don't uh, get your exercise um, and and uh, and so if you don't take care of your mental health, like all these things are are, are going to be able to, I wouldn't say um, necessarily take away all of your symptoms, but it's going to make you way more capable of dealing with it. Uh, it's going to make you way more connected to what's going on with you and this change in your body and then of course if you are still experiencing okay i still have these hot flashes it's so i mean i can't work i can't like i did everything that i could and and i still can't really manage to get things going uh, um and and like uh, then then i think of course you can look at hrt and bioidentical hormones and all that but but i would always try to help people holistically first Yes, and that's 
sort of like there's a whole camp of people who follow you, but there seems to be a lot of emphasis now on, on HRT. Why do you think that's actually happening so much more now? What, what are some of the underlying reasons for that? Um, it's very interesting, um, but I think that it actually, it, it depends a little bit on which uh, culture and country you're in. Yeah. Um, I definitely in the UK, where I have also worked a lot with, with health and wellness, there is um, a huge movement towards HRT. Um, this is not, I don't really see this as much in Scandinavia. So, for example, in Denmark and, and Sweden, we are still more precautious when it comes to using HRT and especially because of the, the earlier studies that we found, where we found like an, an, an increased risk of certain cancers like breast cancer. And so, um, but, but in the UK, there was, there, there was a study and a big uh, review that came out which took away this um, or, or said that this association was actually very minimal or, or hardly existing. And, 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 and then they, they, there was uh, just all these incredible benefits suddenly. So it, it just, like overnight, it suddenly changed. Um, and uh, which is uh, like from going in like the past 20 years and recommending people not to use HRT or, or at least the past 10 years and suddenly it was so good for your bone health and for your cardiovascular health and, 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 and this and this and this and like your mental health. And it was just almost like, you know, estrogen is the solution, you know, just take, get some estrogen. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that you can't get, um, I mean, definitely, especially with the, with the patches where you get a lower concentration of estrogen, you can definitely get some benefits on some um, symptoms. Um, but 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 it is. Um, I think it has changed because of this study and because it got so much media attention, and then also because it, there's a huge business around it. So like there are all these private clinics um, in, uh, in, for example, in London. You, you there there are, I don't know how many private clinics there are that are helping people to get the right uh, HRT, and obviously they they all earn quite good money on that. So um, yeah. so I think it's a combination of things. And of course, what do you think? Same. What do I think? I think that yeah. um, I think you're right. It's cultural, and that the more of a quick fix culture you live in as well, um, then mm. that is obviously going to drive you to look for it and if that is available and of course we don't have that level of private medicine here in in Scandinavia we are still much more in the public system so that's probably part of it as well going to a private clinic is if you have the money is quite a British American thing to do and and also people want a, a band-aid and it's harder of course to go the holistic route because you have to do more of the self work to get there yeah agreed and i think when it comes to menopause for example working on something like stress levels is going to benefit you so much more than actually taking um uh, just hrt because when you are stressed out um you produce more cortisol and the cortisol is made from the same precursor as our sex hormones so you will get an even further drop in sex hormone, hormones, which 
will during perimenopause and menopause, uh, it, it can potentially worsen symptoms and especially the mental health symptoms. And so, so, so I would say like, instead of um, spending money on going to private clinics and, and, and you know, getting lots of uh, hormones, which is very difficult to find the right balance and ratio. And so I, I, I think it's way better to, to, to get a coach to help you uh, lower your stress levels or, <laughs> um, or, or spend the money on yoga classes. <laughs> But And I think you're bringing up a really important point in two ways. I think one is women are often very stressed, aren't they, when they reach this time of life. And, yes, you're right. I mean, cortisol does a lot of um, unhelpful things, I'd say, in the body um, at levels that are very high. I mean, it, it has an effect on our sleep, on our weight, on our on our sex hormone metabolism, it's it's really very, very damaging to have high levels, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I actually, because I also work with functional medicine, so um, this is uh, also a kind of a new thing in, in Scandinavia, and it's 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 more it's bigger in America. It's coming also in the UK, but this is where you do extensive like um, functional tests where you can, for example, see the cortisol levels over a day and you can see your melatonin level and you can even see your sex hormones. And there, there are, of course, many different kind of tests, but there are so many things that, that you can sort of like with lifestyle factors work on. So, so your gut health might be contributing a lot um, to, to some of the symptoms uh, that, that can come up during menopause um uh stress levels of course and um uh, even like uh, metabol metabolism so thyroid problems and and so um i would say that all of these factors if you if you if you go in and have a look at um at, at your blood works and, and, and see how these things look looks you can actually target it very holistically with natural um remedies as well or like herbal medicines and and of course once in a while you just want to go do, do some hrt um and so, so I, i'm not like against hrt this is really not my point i just think that it shouldn't be a quick fix to to, to covering up like a, an unhealthy and unbalanced lifestyle. No, and I, I was listening to an interview with an American functional doctor and she was actually talking about gut health, but she happened to be talking about menopause and she said, well, some people just go through this because their stress levels are under control. They've got a very healthy gut um, and they don't feel anything. She was saying, well, actually, I felt very nothing. She said there were a few, maybe a year or two, and I noticed there were changes. But after that, my body just settled down and carried on. And she said a lot of it, as you said, is totally related to this um, imbalances in the other parts of hormones in your body, not managing your stress and, and issues with your thyroid that, that are causing the issues, that are making it look like it's it's all menopause or we're putting it all on menopause, but it's actually a much more complicated picture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But in terms of stress reduction, I mean, what are some of the things that women can actually begin to do to manage their stress? Yeah, I think that that's a good point. And like when I do my stress reduction protocol, um, 
uh, I, I of course always see with the individual like where you are at and 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 what 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 you you need because of course this is also an individual thing um but there are certain things um that i advise people to do in the first place which is to 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 if you are in a place in your life where you feel that you are uh, feeling excessive stress then a, a very good thing to start with can be to do um, an, an exercise where you write down your core values so the basic things that are guiding your choices this is a bit more like a coaching exercise really but it's just to kind of find the top three things that are are guiding you when you make choices so where like an example can be a family uh, and security uh, and uh, stability or it can be freedom and creativity and you know so whatever is guiding you like make sure that you that you know this so that when you are making um like the like choices in your life that you're you're basing them on your own core values because this can definitely help uh, reduce stress um that, that's kind of like a more philosophical uh, like uh, point but but then when you come to sort of like implementing good routines um one of the most well documented things that you can do to reduce stress levels and lower cortisol is mindfulness um and um here I, I I like the mindfulness-based stress reduction course, which is an eight-week yes. course that you can sign up to if you're really stressed. This is by John Kabat-Zinn, and I'm sure you can link to it in 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 the um, in, in the text that um, that th this is something which can help help you um, learn how to meditate and like learn about mindfulness, and it helps incorporate it. And like the the studies has sort of like looked at brain scans and seen that. For example, the um, like fear center in the brain is reduced in size, and we become better at like controlling our emotional states. And so, so that's something that I can really recommend. And if you don't want to do a course, just ten minutes in the morning before you start your day should be a really good way. I mean, before have like those a golden half hour before you start like looking at your phone and your texts and your emails. I think that's so. Um, important um, to have like some time just when you wake up where you're not stimulated um, uh, so 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 have a morning routine um, with a little meditation and this can of course vary depending on how much time you have um, and um, and then uh, I think that uh, just having like checking in with yourself during the day so I usually try to give myself if I'm working like on my desk and I can get really absorbed I try to give myself one minute breaks or two minute breaks every hour so it's really about like being conscious with checking in with your body and your breath and and not sort of like being too long in that focus mode because that is where your stress hormones are are going up so make sure that you that you, that you are able to switch in between um like resting state and more focused states where you where you might have like highest levels of stress hormones i agree these are some of the tips yeah yeah and, and as someone who has who's also i'm a mindfulness practitioner too but i mean i did mbsr and i can definitely attest to what you're saying there julie that it is a very comprehensive way of um helping 
us to learn to be more aware, more focused, more in touch. And, and it does definitely have huge benefits. And I think you said earlier, and I've read also the some of the studies that have been done at the Mayo Clinic in the US around the use of mindfulness practices to help women manage. It was particularly hot flashes here, but there have been comparable studies done around the world that definitely say if we practice simple mindfulness practices, even if it's a mindful breathing practice, we can not remove the problem, but we can certainly reduce the impact that it has on our lives. Yeah. Um, so, so I think definitely um, those are like some of, of my favorite tips to managing um, like uh, holistically menopause. And, and then I would say sleep. I actually, I should have probably said like sleep on top, like for stress reduction, for menopause reduction. It's just, it's crucial. And if you do need help, like some people uh, have a hard time falling asleep. Um, some people tend to wake up, especially like hot flashes can be, if, if that's what you're dealing with, that can be disturbing. But even just the stress can make you uh, like have a hard time falling asleep. And if that's the case, there are like a couple of, of good tips for, for improving sleep. And like one of them is actually a cell, like to meditate before you go to bed. That's been shown in studies to help. Um, uh, but another one is like a kind of self self hypnosis, which I find personally is extremely like useful. And it's like we all remember the counting sheep, but so it's kind of like a version of counting sheep. But it, it you you count like random two digit numbers. So like uh, for example, eleven, ninety one, seventy two, and then just continue. And when your mind is drifting back to thoughts you just go back to the counting and somehow this is just complicated enough for the brain to not think and it's uncomplicated enough for you to slowly fall asleep you know it's also really boring so you know it, it really really does help this one um of course there are like certain supplements that can help like um i have a lot of clients who use cbd obviously that's also my speciality um but even like something like lavender essential oils or uh, not to ingest of course but um chamomile tea um uh, and and um and there are like other good ways uh, that you can you can naturally help yourself fall asleep yeah, I love that. And I, I hadn't heard that self-hypnosis technique. I don't have problems falling asleep, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never, actually, I never had that. Waking up in the night, yes, but not falling asleep. But love that. Counting random numbers is good. I usually get people to do breathing exercises, but maybe counting numbers is easier for you if, if you're not used to doing breathing exercises. Or you can do a combination of the two, of course. <laughs> course but you obviously we've talked in and out about cbd but that's your specialism tell the listeners a little bit about cbd because many people have heard about it maybe they've tried it but you know as a specialist in this area i'd love to hear you explain a little bit more about what it is and its properties um, yeah, so um, uh, CBD uh, is the short for cannabidiol, and um, uh, CBD is coming from the cannabis plant, and that's probably why it, it got so much attention. Um, because, of course, there are many natural supplements and plant supplements out there, 
but um, since it's uh, extracted from the cannabis plant, it, it got extra attention. Um, uh, it does not make you high. It's not uh, in any way having any uh, potential of abuse, uh, misuse. Um, and, and that's why it's in some countries it's, it's legal as a food supplement. And then in other countries, it's uh, it's not, and uh, you can use it as a topical, but you can't. And you can sell it as a as an as a skin oil, but not as a um, food for ingestion. Um, in the UK, where sorry, no, I know. Yes, <laughs> different laws for different places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, in the UK, where I um, uh, also work, it's um, it, it's very popular. Um, of course, it's huge in America. Um, and uh, and CBD uh, uh, is is interacting with uh, one of the systems in our body, which was is quite recently discovered. Um, it was only discovered in the 90s, um, and um, and it's uh, called the endocannabinoid system. Um, and this sounds a little bit it's a little bit of a difficult word, but it's a lot. You know, it's a neurotransmitter system, like we have serotonin and we have dopamine, and and uh, it. You can say it, it, it's ex- an extremely uh, important system because it's all over the body. I mean, we have um, receptors in all of our tissues. We have tons in our skin. We have lots of receptors in all our internal organs in the brain and the central nervous system. And and so so it's really um, involved uh, this endocannabinoid system in regulating many of, uh, if not all, of our um like uh, human functions and especially like rest, sleep, fear processing, um, uh, um, what's it called, pain perception and reproduction. And so there are many, um, many functions that are being governed by the endocannabinoid system. And probably the best way to describe like sort of activation of the endocannabinoid system will be um, when you are uh, every, anyone who ever uh, smoked um, a, a joint when uh, in their youth or if they still do. And so, so um, the, uh, this uh, will obviously make you feel more hungry, more chilled out. And so, um, so that's basically uh, like what activation of the system it it it, it gets you into um, a, a more parasympathetic, so a more relaxed state. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very si- simplified, right? But um, but CBD works on this system, um, and um, and some of the basic properties of CBD uh, are anti-inflammation and antioxidation. So of course. That's why it's been super popular because of the anti-inflammation, uh, anti-inflammatory properties. Yes. Um, then um, it works. Uh, it works a lot, very well on anxiety, uh, on depression, uh, milder depression, and it's even been shown to be antipsychotic. So it's in very high doses. It was used in schizophrenia and it worked uh, as an antipsychotic. Um, and then. Um, it um, it also seems to have neuroprotective properties, so that means that it can help nerve cells, de- um, dege- what's it called, uh, degenerating nerve cells, repair mm-hmm. um, and protect them from damage. So so um, that's why it's a, a have, it's a promising uh, novel treatment for s- certain diseases like multiple sclerosis and Alzheimer's. Wow, it's it's really amazing and that it can work that well on so many different levels. And of course, 
women in menopause have a variety of different symptoms that it can help. Am I right? Yeah, yeah you are right. And I find that especially uh, the mental health symptoms. So if there's a slight, it's a little bit of anxiety, like for the stress um, and uh, and it, it even seems to be like uh, regulating temperature. So so I think that some people, some women report to me as well that it, it helps a little bit with their hot flashes. And then because it also helps with the inflammation, um, it can um, help sort of reduce the symptoms that you sometimes get of like stiffness and like, you know, joint pain, which is quite common actually um, because of the, uh, like the lowered ratio between estrogen and progesterone that, that you um, can, can actually feel like really sort of like sore in your body and like joints and pain, joint um, pain. And yeah, so, so that's, uh, that's another one where it can help. And that's so great because I think a lot of women feel a bit lost when those kinds of symptoms appear that feel a bit arthritic or lower back pain um, they often are left with very little choices that are non-natural um, for that. But if it, CBD is helpful, I mean, that's a great way to naturally manage something that over time may well disappear, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, and I mean, I actually also, I even use it myself for um, during my period because I find that it really, as you say, like those like lower back pains and sort of, just the feeling of 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 being really tense is it, it really helps and and that's also what I hear. Of course, this is mostly anecdotal evidence. We don't have like big trials looking at this, but we do know, of course, the basic properties and and it's it's well established that it has these properties. So it's just of course that we don't know the effective dose and we don't know exactly which delivery method is the best. Like whether you should use it as a topical. Or, as a sublingual, yeah, there there are many ifs when it comes to CBD, but but there is no doubt that there are already millions of women and also men for for other things that are that are using CBD and are feeling great benefits alongside with a, a healthy lifestyle. Yes, and I think and that's the thing combining this with a healthy lifestyle. But if we do have sleep problems. Anxiety, obviously, severe anxiety is a different thing, but mild anxiety, which a lot of women have, like a generalized anxiety mm. disorder during um, or menopause onset anxiety, some joint pains, maybe even sleep, if we can relax more through having CBD, then that sounds to me like a, a wonderful addition to um, our our total protocol for managing menopause symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it can be beneficial in in the protocol, not as a standalone, of course, but uh, together with all the other things. That's wonderful. And and in terms of that, I mean, people are mainly ingesting it or using it topically, or is there just a mixture of usages depending on where you live? Um, I think that the majority, seventy five percent or seventy percent of people in the UK, at least uh, according to a study that I did with a study population, they they use it as a sublingual. So that means like in an oil, in a in an um, in, in a little oil preparation, where as a tincture or 
uh, where you put it underneath your tongue um and uh, and then it's like a, an mct like a coconut oil basically um uh, mixed with the cbd um uh, i would say uh, there are certain people who are using it as um like vaginal suppositories or like tampons uh, this is a whole new thing like if you have like locally problems locally uh, this is not something that i have tried yet um but then of course like if you are dealing with more skin problems or um or or even if you're dealing with very bad like skin problems you can use it topically if you're being dealing with very bad anxiety then uh, it it might uh be um better with a very quick onset so for example um vaporizing which of course is like something that as a doctor i'm a little bit skeptical about but um for example with my pain patients in the clinic they um usually vaporize because of this quick onset and so of course you don't get like it's not like using tobacco it's just vaporizing flour um but um but yeah i think that um the, the most the, the most um beneficial way to take it for uh, for for the big variety of symptoms will be as a, as an oil yeah so that that's that sounds to me like people have some choices but either ingesting it or as an oil seem to be the way forward how do people know where to source CBD that's coming from a good source or a reputable source? Is there a guide to that? Um, so it depends on uh, where you live, where you're listening from. So um, I would say that if you are living in Europe, you can probably order it online um, from a trusted source. Um, uh, usually it's going to be uh, from an English retailer because that's where they have the biggest CBD market. I would usually go for, um, when I buy a CBD oil, I would go for one which is a so-called broad spectrum or full spectrum, but without THC in it. Uh, uh, intoxicating uh, cannabinoid and so um, so CBD uh, is obviously extracted from the cannabis plant and um, and when you extract it you get um, all the you, you can get all the other um, uh, things in the plant which is why plants work so brilliantly because they contain all these different ingredients that together can can work on, on and, and benefit the system as a whole um, so so a broad spectrum uh, oil means that you have all these ingredients like minor cannabinoids and the, the terpenes that are the essential oils and they are also uh, shown to have um, beneficial effects on, on on certain things like inflammation and uh, sleep so so therefore that's um, something I recommend. And then I would recommend to order one from a brand where you can find uh, a certificate of analysis. So that just means that they have um, sent off the content um, for uh, analysis so that you know exactly what's in the bottle is what is it says on the bottle. Um, there are, uh, there are um, many uh, uh, different suppliers like I think that a good one can be the LDN uh, CBD or London CBD. Um, they have uh, they have very high control, but there, there are many uh, good brands out there now. That's great. I mean, I think that gives people a really good place to start. So for the listeners, you know, you can definitely go online and 
order from a reputable retailer and be fairly sure that you're going to get a product that you can feel assured about. And Julie, if I asked you to sum up the three things, if they were you were listening to my listeners were saying, well, what are the three things I can do to start managing my menopause holistically um, to starting today? What would those be? Um, so uh, one thing is uh, sleep um, and uh, try CBD if you if you have a hard time uh, falling asleep. So give yourself those eight hours. Um, number two um, is uh, meditation uh, because I think that uh, mindfulness and meditation and stress reduction uh, those are uh, definitely some of the most beneficial things when it comes to reducing symptoms and, and managing symptoms. And uh, number three, I'm going to say uh, do something that you love because um, uh, every day do one thing that you love, something that makes you happy. And I mean, it might be eating a piece of chocolate if that's really it. You know, I think that we we shouldn't be we should not uh, deny ourselves that, that our the things that we enjoy and so. Um, of course, in moderation, I think everything is is, is okay. And um, like, actually, the uh, there is an incredible uh, uh, science that is looking at how our biochemistry is effect, affected by doing things that we like. So, for example, uh, people who are in choirs and when they sing, you can see how all our biomarkers like our endocannabinoids and uh, uh, these endorphins and dopamine all rushes up and we get like this sensation of joy and bliss and so like go out go for a run go for a walk go get a pet do things one thing every day that's going to make you happy oh that's wonderful julie thank you where can my listeners learn more about the work you do and get in touch with you um, so it's very easy uh, to look me up online. Um, my website is Dr. Dr. Julie, G J U L I E, and then Molke, which is a bit difficult. So it's M O L C K E dot com. Um, and, uh, and there you can see my work and you can read about the retreats that I do in Sweden. Um, and you can also book an, uh, an holist a holistic consultation if you wish. So, yeah, that's me. That's wonderful. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge that's both from your medical background and your passion in holistic medicine and CBD. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, I hope that you really enjoyed that podcast interview and that you were able to walk away with some great tips and ideas that you can implement in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, don't forget to like, subscribe and share to wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on this podcast, reach out to me, clarissa at clarissachristiansen.com and let me know and I will try my best to get them on the show. Until next time, when I will have another fabulous guest sharing their stories and their wisdom, go well.
Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.